Will we be the filtered or the filtrate? This is the Great Filter. Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. Rene Descartes. All right, first things first. I don't know if it's Descartes or Descartes. Uh, the pronunciation guide online says Descartes. Like Descartes, Descartes, Descartes. Kind of like a that uh, English accent. No R, but there is kind of an R sort of a sound. Descartes. But... Um, I've always heard Descartes uh, in all my philosophy classes and everything, so I don't know, you know. Uh, let's, but uh, I thought I would try the um, pronunciation guide way and say Descartes. So that's that's what we're stuck with. <laughs> okay. So the theme of this podcast, the theme of the Great Filter, is really oriented around issues and problems that that could possibly play a role in our eventual demise, that could be a factor in the unknown, uh, you know, the unknown mechanism that filters out advanced civilizations, which we have come to term and have come to know as the Great Filter. So while the topic of this episode is still within the whole you know, realm of uh, the existential, the the kind of weirdness of the fact that we are here and, and the demise that we may possibly face. It is not exactly um, Great Filter-esque, but related to. So I hope uh, the audience doesn't mind this, this sort of veering away from uh, from the whole how we are all going to die sort of thing, <laughs> or things that we do that may lead up to that. Uh, instead, I've had this question on my mind for a long time, and um, to kind of prod that a little bit more, and the thing that really urged me to decide to do this episode was because I just barely finished reading Lawrence Krauss's book, uh, A Universe from Nothing. Um, now, right up front, I want to tackle the whole Lawrence Krauss uh, sexual misconduct issue. Whether or not you are aware of this, um, mostly for those who are aware of this, uh, and I guess as a measure of transparency for those of you who are not, uh, Dr. Krauss was accused of sexual misconduct. Now, I don't know if he really did it, and... I think really the only person that knows is he, him, uh, Dr. Krauss himself. Apparently a woman, um, apparently he reached out and grabbed a woman's breast and, uh, this turned into a whole thing. I, and I think it's one of those time issue things where it happened a while ago and then suddenly got brought to light. So he lost his position at the time that he was holding and he gave up another position. Uh, at any rate, um, another organization looked at look at looked at the instance and looked at all the documents, and decided that uh, that it was blown out of proportion and hired him. I, I, you know, I don't know, but uh, let me just jump out there right up front and say, 
I'm not cool with sexual misconduct. I'm not okay with anybody that uses or abuses anybody else for any reason, uh, sexually or otherwise. But my point is that that all aside, I I can still respect uh, Lawrence Krauss as as the phys- or physician, as a physicist that he is. I can still respect him as a scientist and and I appreciate uh, several of the works that he's done. So with that out of the way, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shred him a little bit here because his book, A Universe from Nothing, does nothing at all whatsoever to answer the question, why is there something rather than nothing, when in fact that is actually what is what it is supposed to have um, answered. Krauss's jump on this whole thing was, his take on it, was that it comes from the fact that as, as far as we know, as far as everything that we understand about the universe and its functions and how it works, that the total energy, the sum total energy of the entire universe is actually zero. And though the book could have easily only been about 15 pages long, <laughs> he, he spent quite a lot of time building it up with history and all this stuff. I, it, it was a very fluff-filled book. So for, for somebody, you know, that I, scientifically that I respect, it was a bit of an annoyance to read because it was mostly filled with stuff that almost anybody who's interested in physics, even just a little bit, at least knows. When it got down to his main argument, the idea was basically reduced to the fact that um, uh, in the quantum world, when you go down, you know, really far down into the super, super duper microscopic, you have particles that spring into existence with their with their opposing pair, with their opposing partner, and then quickly re-annihilate each other. This is often referred to as quantum foam or uh, virtual particles. They come into existence and just boom, re-annihilate each other and go back into nothingness. This was pretty much the basis of of a universe from nothing he you know made some extrapolations and and a, a few like uh you know gymnastically kind of tricky little little ideas in there but the fact remains that it was not an argument for why there is something rather than nothing it's an argument for why how a universe can come into being from quantum fluctuations and from the interaction between gravity and and these quantum fluctuations which you know quantum gravity is kind of a something we don't know really anything about but that was his insinuation so you know i don't know i i I was pretty disappointed um i give it one star uh doesn't mean i don't like the guy Uh, i just think he did a really poor job i think he was just really really trying to push something from from a a certain perspective and just tried as hard as he could and it just turned into that (laughs) i wasn't impressed with it honestly the question is why does anything exist 
right? Quantum fields included, gravity included, everything. Why does anything at all exist instead of nothing? Logically, it seems that there should be nothing. When you try to, you know, work it out in your mind, it just seems like nothing should be what is. And let's define nothing because I think this is a huge a huge point and I think this is the point that uh, Dr. Krauss totally missed. Nothing is nothing. Literally nothing. No dimension, no color, no space, no time, no anything at all, no smells, no sounds, just nothingness. It is the lack of something. That is the question. So my plan today is I'm just going to lay my theory out. Uh, it's, it's obviously lacking in some science because you can't scientifically analyze nothing. You, you can't even, you know, you, you can approach it. You can get as close as you can. But there is, there is a portion to that leading, you know, up to the infinitesimally smaller, smaller, smaller steps right before you get to nothing that that science just simply cannot answer. So I'm going to fill that little gap with a bit of philosophy. Um, now, after I explain it, just stick with me whether or not you think it's a stupid idea because I will explain it and I will, I'm, I'm, I'm going to build up and it, it kind of... I guess give you my thoughts as to why it ties in to modern science, to what we currently know about how our universe works and functions. All right, so one more time uh, <laughs> before we really dive in here, uh, just let me explain. I'm not 1000% sold on this, okay? This is just where I'm at right now with trying to put this whole thing together. Um, so, without any further ado, let's get started. Okay, uh, if, uh, I guess the first thing to explain about this is that I've kind of followed an Occam's razor sort of approach. Uh, logically, I mean, when you stand back from the question and look at it as objectively as possible, the question, the actual question of why is there something rather than nothing wouldn't even exist if it didn't seem logical that nothing should even exist in the first place. I mean, that, that's the whole paradox, right? Of the, of the question. Logic itself dictates that nothing should exist that there should not be any universe. There should not be little minds running around on a planet that evolved over millions of years from, you know, uh, some primordial ooze or, or whatever. The question itself is almost a testament to the absurdity of reality. So aside from the fact that we are here and we are little conscious minds, and there does appear to be a universe around us. Let's, let's set that aside for now. Let's just set that fact aside. And 
and to look at the question as if we were some some intelligence outside of outside of the outside of everything all right that we were just kind of looking at the situation that there is appears to be a universe but that logic would dictate that there should not be a universe that there should not be anything that the only thing that should ever exist that ever has existed and ever will exist is just non-existence itself nothingness okay so i have i have started with that framework i have started with the assumption that the only thing that exists is nothing that there is no only thing that exists and that that there is nothing nothing exists now the absurdity of that of course is that we are here i am speaking into this microphone and and you are listening but uh from a philo philosophical perspective or stance i guess let's let's just start with that assumption that nothing exists okay now after i'm done explaining this we're going well we're going to kind of come backwards through everything and see how this all fits together so all right now imagine that there is nothing i can't really imagine that but you know what i mean okay suppose that that there really is nothing that nothing exists how do you go from nothingness to something to something happening right how does that happen well in that nothing is nothing and in that nothing you know has no properties and thereby has no means for being kind of the prime mover prime mover or means for being capable of producing uh anything at all then we have to assume at least that that the non-existence that the very fact that nothing exists must in some way elicit some sort of property so uh right because nothing has any properties because nothing is nothingness it it can't do anything it can't promote a sudden existence of something so then there would have to be something that happens just as a result of the sheer fact that there is nothing do you know what i mean and is there something is there something we can tease out of this situation is there something we can we can you know kind of extract from this from the situation of of non-existence is there something that would be a result of the nothingness and i believe that the possibility of this is there that there is possibly a something that would spring into existence as a result of the fact that there is nothing so that there i mean you're following me right nothing can't do anything there is no way nothing can become something so there must be some sort of <laughs> i guess the best term even though it has kind of a woo-esque sort of uh connotation would be to 
I guess, ethereal, right? There's some sort of ethereal reaction to the fact that there is utter non-existence. Now, how do you have a reaction to something that doesn't exist? Well, uh, th th this is sort of what I've <laughs> come up with, and and it makes sense in a sort of way. And so, th th this is kind of where this this whole thing hangs. So, if if this isn't you know if, if this isn't down your street, if this isn't something that you're you're cool with or comfortable with, that's totally fine with me. This is the only thing I could think of that would could ever possibly fit that description. Okay, um, I could not find a word that fit this description because, I mean, what word out there would? So I made up my own word, as I sometimes do, but uh, I, I call it a metability, right? Like possibility, probability, improbability, right? The ability but with meta in front of it, metability. And the reason why I chose this is because I think it fits the definition uh, I, I, was, I was aiming for the best uh, with some you know, already, already available words and, and prefixes. But a metability would be um, kind of the predecessor to possibility. So... Yeah, Mm, yeah, this is this is a kind of a tricky one to try to <laughs> explain. But uh, here, I'm I'm going to come up with a, an example to kind of illustrate how this might work. Now, let's say we have uh, an inventor, and this inventor comes up with a brand new, great new invention, and and he gets it uh, patented, and he starts production and people start buying it well the moment he introduces this new invention to the world um, it opens the door for a, an infinite new array of possibilities to begin to happen um, simply by the introduction of this new device all these possibilities just blossom into into a kind of ethereal sort of being there right it doesn't mean everybody suddenly thought of all the possibilities or or of all the possible ways to use this new device it just means that these new possibilities suddenly erupted into existence now of course those those possibilities have already existed right but but the, the gist of what i'm trying to explain that this is the best way i can i can sort of convey that uh, what I'm talking about. Um, now, when you have absolute nothingness, you can't really have possibilities because in order to have a possibility, you have to have already had something that, that would allow possible things to happen, right? And likewise, you can't have really impossibilities when you have when you're talking about nothingness, there's, there's, you, you can't have impossibilities because there are no possibilities. There, there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's just nothingness. But, and this is kind of, you know, the whole Occam's razor sort of thing that I kind of, did, did I mention that? I, I may have, I may have not. But Occam's razor would, would dictate that that there is nothing, 
right? Logically, it seems like there should just be nothing. So let's kind of ride the, ride the razor and assume that there is nothingness and that this nothingness somehow gives rise to something. So um, because there is nothing, you can't have possibilities, right? I'm just kind of going back through this again. Uh, but there would be some sort of predecessor to possibility and impossibility. And it would be kind of in the realm, obviously, of things that aren't real because you're already in a reality of, of pure nothingness, which is not a reality. It's just nothing. See, th this is kind of the trouble with, with trying to explain this because we're talking about something that just doesn't exist, which, you know... Then, then I'll say something like, and then something, which can't really be something because it's really actually nothing. So that's, I don't know, just be lenient with me. <laughs> this is not the easiest thing to try to uh, reduce to something you can verbally communicate. Okay, so uh, if you know anything about quantum physics... Um, you know that that there are virtual particles that come into existence and then reannihilate each other over and over and over again. This happens continuously, billions of times per cubic centimeter, right per second. It's just a continuous sort of thing, um, often referred to as quantum foam. But uh, my, my point is, as as a particle comes into existence, its antiparticle. Uh, comes into existence at the same time. They they spawn from the same nothingness, I guess, for like a from the same uh, quantum fields. I guess is where we should probably go with that. And then they reannihilate. Right? They they come back to uh, into each other and and reannihilate each other. So I, I would imagine that that this um, sort of uh, this these metabilities are something similar to that when you're talking about nothingness. That, that the natural state of utter nothingness, it has an intrinsic property that, that this other, also a, a nothingness, but man, this is so difficult to put into words but that they come into existence together. So the metabilities aren't exactly a reaction to the existence of nothingness or to the non-existence of nothingness, I guess, but more of a, um, more of something that just inherently is not there just because nothingness is also not there. God, this, the terms, man, Th this is outside of space and time and, and, everything so this is the best that i can do we, we really don't have any verbiage to really describe this kind of a situation so this is the best i can do i, I apologize <sighs> all right so um these net these metabilities it's sort of this ethereal uh twin sort of instantaneous reaction to the uh, the absolute nothingness right and 
reaction is is kind of a weird word too because a reaction you know sort of points to something reacting um which this is not what's happening here or what's not happening <laughs> i guess um i guess let's go with anti-nothing so the anti-nothing sort of is just a another sort of nothingness but that kind of contains the essence of things that things that if there was something could be and and these sort of ethereal representations or essences of what could be if there was something since it would be the antithesis of the nothingness right it would have to represent a somethingness even though it was still uh bond or the twin of of the nothingness and therein we have existence the beginning of the seed of all of reality okay now i know that's a lot to swallow it's a hard fucking pill and it's big and it tastes like shit but um but let's I'm, I'm gonna kind of walk you through why this logically feels to me like it could at least be what's happening a we know nothing about nothingness so we can't really determine what it would be like b we we would have to assume that that there is a nothingness because otherwise where in the fuck did everything come from it 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 literally makes no sense it doesn't make sense for there to be quantum fields everywhere it doesn't make sense for there to be you know a big bang just out of nowhere like that does not make sense there there's it, it's it's literally crazy <laughs> i mean it's crazy talk it's so fucking nuts that we are here so let's let's kind of just roll with this we don't know what it's like you know for nothingness to exist so we're assuming that the nothingness in and of itself in and of its utter non-existence sort of kind of just the fact that it's there births a twin of sorts of another sort of nothingness but that also kind of contains the essence of things that could be right that's that's where we're at okay so um my sort of conclusion to all of this and again i'm i may totally not be right in fact i'm probably not but this is kind of where i'm at with my mental gymnastics in trying to put all this shit together is that nothing exists that we actually are not here but this thing that we are experiencing this reality is simply a, a sort of holographic kind of trick it's an illusion brought on by by uh these metabilities that that come into existence simply as as i guess uh meta property to the anti-nothing 
Now, when you're dealing with a situation where nothing actually exists, and if such a dynamic did exist, if such a dynamic, I guess, didn't exist, ugh, terms, man, right? Then if these metabilities existed, and even though they're just these ethereal, just sort of kind of pre-possibilities of possibilities of what could exist, in that sort of a situation, the metabilities themselves to the things inside them, to the things they are describing, would feel like it was real. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, or kind of where I'm at with this. So it very well might be possible that everything in our universe, everything that we see, everything that we experience and touch and feel, is a fabrication of a metability spawned simply from the fact that nothing exists. <laughs> okay. Now, this is where um, I'm going to start bringing in some science and, and <laughs> kind of describing. I've only got a few more minutes left, so I'll try to do this quickly. But um, the quantum world, the way we describe quantum mechanics is with probabilities, right? Probabilities are just the entire quantum world is just a cloud, just clouds of, of probabilities. Everything's a probability. Nothing really exists, but it kind of does, right? Well, doesn't that seem fishy? Isn't that weird? Doesn't it, it wouldn't it seem like a metability would kind of be the predecessor to quantum probability? Kind of like, it's there, but it's not, it's there, but it's not, sort of a thing. <laughs> Um, it, the, to me, there, there's a sort of logic to that. To me, there's, I mean, the quantum world is totally illogical anyway, right? So why not look for the predecessor? What was the predecessor to, to probability? Well, it's kind of possibility. It's kind of impossibility too. Well, that's weird. So what's the predecessor to both possibility and impossibility? Well, how about a metability? I mean, logically that follows right that that could be why the quantum world's so fucking weird and uh, the other the other thing i wanted to uh to kind of talk about here is with people that are hardcore meditation practitioners practitioners um and also actually people who have used heavy psychedelics have had a very similar experience um i know several people who have uh, both through meditation and psychedelics have reached this sort of bizarre peak experience where everything fell away and there was absolute nothingness that they were sort of kind of shown that all of reality is an illusion that nothing does exist that uh, <clears throat> um, th th there's a Buddhist practice where where you sort of try to uh, when you're meditating, you try to kind of discover the core of who you are. Like, like where is the essence of who I am? And as you kind of dig into that, you, you realize through, you know, profound sort of um, meditative insight that there is nothing there, that you have no core, there is no you. That you, the you, is an illusion. And so that would kind of follow and uh, the, the, the last thing I wanted to say on this 
is on the topic of consciousness. Now, consciousness is the hard problem, right? I mean, it has been described in all sciences as the hard problem. Well, what if, especially given the reports from, from those meditation practitioners and from those that have, um, uh, that have used some of the heavier psychedelics and, and had this experience, what if consciousness was simply... Uh, What's a good way to explain this? Sort of a a maybe a reflection back to back and forth between nothingness and and uh, and the metability, right? Something back and forth like non-existent is does exist doesn't exist does exist does doesn't exist blah 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 right back and forth. Wouldn't that sort of induce this kind of qualia? This kind of this quality of things, because that's really what metability is, what a metability would be. It would be, sorry about that, it would be this sort of kind of quality of things that might be possible if possibility was possible, but it's not. So you have kind of this, uh, this, this thing that, that happens, kind of this like reflection back and forth between the nothingness and, and these metability, these, these, these sub-realities, these fake little sheets of, you know, of unreal possible, impossible reality sort of things, right? Consciousness seems like it would kind of fit that description like oh that kind of makes sense if if we're dealing with things that don't exist and it's sort of like kind of this reflection bouncing back and forth between non-existence and existence and we're really just capturing the essence of what doesn't exist well then we're really just kind of mirrors experiencing the existence of something that only might exist but never could Sorry, I'm just kind of getting stupid here now, <laughs> but I mean, that's, uh, to me, that feels like it's possible. It feels like that is a, a, that could describe why there is something rather than nothing, because there isn't something. It's all just nothingness, and it's just a trick of the nothingness on itself. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? Like, wouldn't that be fucking nuts? Anyway, that's about where my mind has gotten with that one. It's taken me several, oh, probably since right, until like 17 years old, 16 maybe, until uh, the uh, 44 years that I am now to sort of develop that one over a long period of time. But um, yeah, so that is that. That's the end of this episode. Just kind of wanted to share that little existential uh, inner crisis that I continually <laughs> um, face. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. In the interest of transparency, the Great Filter Podcast is a Phobos Tech production. All proceeds go to funding the STEM Theory Research Project and other Phobos Tech research endeavors. If you enjoyed this episode, please show your support by sharing, liking, and subscribing. You may also help support our efforts with a small monthly donation.
Thanks. <laughs>